Hey everyone, thanks for checking out Ep 107. This is just a quick heads up. Audio got a little wonky on this one. It's not terrible, but I'm a podcast listener too, so I appreciate a heads up. If it really bothers you, just hold off, hit the next one, or go back and listen to an older episode. But I gotta tell you, it's not that bad at all, actually. Uh, and it the problem's been fixed. All eps from now on are gonna sound better than they ever had, so we're really stoked for that one. And just a heads up, there's a coldie at the end of this one. Don't skip ahead. Let's just say it has to do with the Bundy craze of 2019. I love you. Love you more if you download. No, that's not true. Why do I have to ruin everything? Why do I do that? Uh, I, nothing I can do about it. <laughs> it's true. Jerk practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Well, gentlemen, to start it off, to make it official, I think I need to have a beverage. Oh, oh. My official mug <laughs> with my first of many doing the Dr. Thunder blunder here, gentlemen. Okay, so if you just... want it. For those of you who can't see it, the brownest looking liquid <laughs> into a toilet bowl. <laughs> so, yes, a uh, fan and longtime listener and brother of the toilet gave me a special mug for just oh. such an occasion. And hold on. That Ooh. first sip signals the start of the Dr. Pepper <laughs> challenge, but... H doesn't have, I don't have name brand, I don't have doctor, I don't have pepper money. So we're doing a oh, Dr. Thunder not. blunder. I did this researching uh, Donald Trump's uh, disgusting act of uh, frugality the other day, feeding football player Big Macs. <laughs> so I looked up when Forrest Gump in the movie drank 15 Dr. Peppers, claimed to drink 15 Dr. Peppers while waiting to shake the... Uh, sex-addled hands of JFK. And I saw, when I was researching that, I saw a bunch of people were like, Dr. Pepper Challenge, they drink 15 Dr. Peppers. So that's what I've begun. Obviously, I don't have 15 bottles of Dr. Pepper because of the price points, but I have 180 ounces of Dr. Thunder and Diet Dr. Thunder for calorie purposes. (laughs) Is this memeing right now? Is, Is this Dr. Pepper Challenge based on Forrest Gump? Meaning going viral as I you I think see. it happened in 2002. It just... <laughs> I mean, it did, Henning, when the internet was young. Before yeah. things could go viral. And the memes one video just I saw pictures. was literally a guy sitting on the edge of his inflated above-ground pool drinking bottles of Dr. Pepper. So... Also, you gotta take it... You gotta... You have to do the inflation levels of Dr. Pepper... He was drinking like a, what, eight ounce bottle of Dr. Pepper? No. So, Casey, I did so much research into this. Okay, you got it. You did You did oh, your due diligence. Because I was like, that's a lot of ounceage. I was like, I'm already <laughs> breaking the rules going, you know, a little thrifty. Um, but uh, I was like, oh, those bottles are only 10 ounces back in the day. And the first yeah. bottle of so Dr. Cans, Pepper was indeed. Cans nowadays are 12. 12 or, ounces, yeah. yeah. The the first bottle of Dr. Pepper um, created in 1885 by a pharmacist from Brooklyn in Waco, Texas. Fun fact, 
before Dr. Pepper, people used to just He's say, from Brooklyn? can you serve me up a Waco? And oh, they called them Wacos? He named it after his daughter's boyfriend's dad, a doctor named <laughs> Pepper. That's going deep. That's a deep cut. Anyways, uh, I, have, I, I have a rejuvenating tonic. I better name it after my daughter's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend's. And, and where was his As marketing guy he just could get saying? To any kind of brewing authority, right? I know yeah, right, a doctor exactly. through three degrees, forty. <laughs> but but where was his marketing guy just saying like, how about it just gives you pep? It's a pepper. It's spicy. No, exactly. Like he had to go that far back to get a guy named Pepper or Doctor. I'm going with Henning. Like I'd have just gone with Chief. I don't know enough doctors. I'm gonna go Chief. Chief Pepper. But to answer your question about the ounceage, uh, I thought it was 10 ounces. Originally started as 10 ounces, but by the time Gump was drinking it, which I know because I did a freeze frame and an enlarge, they were 12 ounce. <laughs> 12 ounce oh, bottles. Oh, it was a 12 ounce. So, okay. Yeah. And I'm almost done with the first can, boys. Ooh, goodness. <sighs> I think that's going to get weird. I saw the size of that, Dr. Thunder, though. Easy, Henning. Fun. That's a little I, shorty. I, I will it's say the ounceage that counts. I loved from your text because it. I read it too fast. I read it as Doctor Thurber. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, is that like a like a healthy knockoff of Doctor? Oh, Doctor Thurber's yam yam drink." Mm. I'm not gonna lie. I did, and I suppose we should introduce the pod. Welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. I'm Hans. I'm Casey. Dr. Henning. I don't see one in his hand. I'm going Casey Pepper then. I'm naming my drink after Henning's dad's weed strain. Dr. Cough. (laughs) Strawberry doctor. No. <laughs> the strawberry <laughs> doctors. Oh, you sounds... don't want to go into a room with the strawberry doctors. Oh god, that sounds like a dark internet handle. Yes. You call me strawberry doctor. <laughs> I'll get you what you need. Let me see the pink insides. Uh, speaking of catching predators, <laughs> did you guys hear about uh? Yes. The old host of said oh. show to catch a predator. Oh, and it, no. but, yeah. Oh, yeah. He did not ironically get busted trying to, like, lure a young man or woman into sex. He got arrested for bouncing checks. Dude, (laughs) $18,000 worth of checks, though. Can you write a check that big? (laughs) Many checks. Am I I that ignorant of check knowledge? Am I that far gone from checks? Am I that far? Am I so delusional? That I think a guy like Chris Hansen should still have a little bit of scratch. Because what I heard, I was like, yeah, what's Chris Hansen doing bouncing a check and he's getting evicted from his apartment. And, and like, who um, who uh, is allowing him to the give heights. them a check? Is he like, oh, yeah. ah, I need my large latte. You guys take checks here at Starbucks in, in Chelsea. He's buying condoms and Zimas. <laughs> By the pallet. That's because you know what I kind of, I don't know. I guess I'd have to look back on that show. Is it exploitatory, exploitative? No, and, or is it? What I guess to catch a predator. And I'm not is talking that exploita- about exploitative. I'm not talking about exploiting the molesters, obviously. But is it? If you look back on it, is it just a little too 
um, like gross. Is it a gross observation of a really right. serious? Like, is it voyeurism? Is like, it voyeuristic? are we going? Yeah, mm. I don't think so. Well, it, was, it was trash for sure. Right? Oh yeah, it was enjoyable. That's all I'm saying. But I enjoy a lot people of trash. Like so it, but... uh, right. I'm wondering if now, as you look back on it, people are like, you know, I don't think so. That probably right. wasn't what you're, shouldn't you're have been asking... permeating the airwaves. Is it the TV version of like during the French Revolution of us throwing rotten fucking Dr. Thurber's at somebody who's like a fucking skag? Right. And it was, it was, it was like, you are disgusting. Let's all shout at you. No, no. Exactly. Right. Right. It um, was. And now we get to do that to Chris Hand. I wish we could get an episode like. Go ahead. I was going to say it, it appealed to a baser instinct in us, I, I suppose, to see the, the bad guy get caught, see a, see a person who we hate it's get the, hoisted by his petard. It is, and that's Shot the whole point, is that flummoxed. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm drudging my memory. What I love the most about that show is just that moment. When you're oh, like, of course. oh, hey, and then uh, like you walk into a room and you're expecting to meet a 14 year old of yeah. any gender, gender whatever. Right. You walk in and you're like, I have a one bag full of gummy bears and I have one bag full of X rated material. <laughs> Like, how do you back out of that? You don't. That's and, why you and just then, see the dejection. Yeah, go ahead. And then a guy that comes out that looks like a principal. Like, yeah. immediately, like, that's what I love is just that moment of like, oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah. And then you're like, no, no, I'm in a lot of trouble. And then the that little glimmer of hope. They, they have it. Like, they have <laughs> right. yeah. good producers. They're like, give them some hope. So Chris Hansen goes, all right, buddy. Now you're free to walk out of here. And then they fucking wrestled into a fucking bush. <laughs> but there were a couple episodes because, uh, like, we're talking about it, like, passively. Like, we watched enough of those shows that interrupted when we were at, we're trying to, like, write comedy. Right. Like, one of them in particular, still to this day, I still think about because it's the funniest Is it the punch? thing. Because Is it the punch? It's not the punch. It was okay. just the because the setup of the to catch a predator, if you have never seen it, was they lure a predator into thinking he's going to get whatever through instant message chat, which is crazy to think about. It like seems so archaic now. Yeah, but the, the there was one and it was like an old dude. He looked like a janitor. That's just his look. No slight against janitors. But his his Internet handle it's a, it's a was hand. Yeah. Was Hambubger. Yeah. It was Hamburger, <laughs> but spelled That's where that came wrong. from? Yes, they came that's from the name to of Catch a, a show Predator. we did, isn't it? Yes. We were all watching it together. We were like, Hambubger. That's the funniest thing in the world. And it was just a guy who was just like, he walked into his fate and they were, and he was the guy who had like a box of candy and a bunch of like, like Swiss cake rolls in one bag and they were like what you got in there and he was like candy and treats like he was just like 
I wanted I... to eat candy and then have sex with an underage person. Like, Do you think there's danger? Yes, I thought he would that. bring some hamburgers at least. At least a bubger. No bubgers. He had no bubgers. Do you think there's potential danger? Because everybody likes a good Swiss cake roll. Everybody likes, you know, a two liter a bubger. Do I go online as a 14-year-old girl, lure him over with a pack of X-rated material, (laughs) or ask him to bring some X-rated material, some Swiss cake rolls? What happens when it's not to catch a predator and I bring him in? Does he, like, get enraged? Is there a potential for homicide there? Or I think you possibly have a, a, a friend for life. Well, he's a child molester. Let's not well, does any of these, none of these guys snapped on Chris Hansen, right? No. They were all just sheepishly, oh, okay, you got me. There was one dude I remember who straight up just like cracked his six pack because yeah. Chris Hansen <laughs> challenged him and was like, well, then why did you bring a six pack of Bud Light and a fifth of Jack Daniels? And the guy just went, <laughs> And just like started drinking because he knew he was just like, I've seen this show. <laughs> ah, fuck. Fuck me. There were some of them you see, like there was one and you're like, you don't think you can get a twist. And he's sitting there and he starts crying and they go, what's the matter? He just goes, I'm a youth pastor down the street and just go and I'm engaged. <laughs> it's like. Is this going to be on TV? Well, now it is. Like, <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> this one's not going on the Just cutting room provided floor. the hook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to ask this. how they I was going to ask how they keep it fresh cuz I I I don't think I watched any of these except you said I was there for Hamburger uh, Hamburger at least. I feel like we were there for Hamburger. I'm sh- I right. was I, I was wondering Mitchell. how why do you keep watching after one, after you get the idea? Because of Hambubger. That's what I was just going to say. It was on, and we're like, oh, this is that fucking show. And we were watching it, and we're like, okay, we get it. And then you get a Hambubger, and you're like, <laughs> or you get a I can't pastor. stop. I can't yeah. stop. I need to see who Hambubger is. I want the show to be <laughs> do to catch you, a Hambubger. Right. You only see the interactions. You have not put a face and then you start to see, like, what they'll do is they'll start to circle around the block. These are, excuse me, legitimate predators, right? You got a couple of thunders in you. You got a couple of hambub. You got a couple of bubbers. This is going to be rough. But, uh, no, so you want to put a face to it, but it's all, there's, there's definitely something, right? If you have a show and you're a producer, you edit these together. It's not like... Although I think they do one location or three locations, but they'll cut them back and forth. One guy, and this is a relatively well-known one. I alluded to it earlier. A guy's busted. He goes in. He sits down. Or the the fake woman, right? The police officer who looks younger, yeah. who just kind of peers out and goes, I'm finishing I'll laundry. I'll be back in a Come second. In. He yeah. comes in, and she's like, hey, there's fruit punch on the kitchen counter. And he sits down, and as like next to this classic sweaty glass jar of fruit punch or pitcher of fruit punch, and he sits down immediately. Chris Hansen comes in. He's like, "Hey, Chris Hansen, uh, NBC," and he just is dejected. He puts his head down as expected, and he's like, 
want to tell me what you're doing here? He's like, I don't, uh, yeah, if you don't have to talk to me, but you know, you could, you could kind of help yourself by explaining what's going on. He goes, eh. and he just grabs a pitcher of fruit punch and proceeds to pour himself multiple glasses and chugs fruit punch until it's gone. Puts the pitcher down, gets up, takes one step out the door, and gets tackled onto the sidewalk with his belly full of fruit punch. But it's just because nice you don't last know. Meal. Yeah, you don't know how people are going to react, right? Like, I mean, I primarily it was you know with a yeah. uh, uh, dismay, but like sure, people like would. It, I don't know. There's also a bit. Let's be honest, a bit of self righteousness there. Like sure, I'm a lot of uh, things. This, this guy but, was uh, bouncing checks for eighteen thousand dollars. Like yeah. that's not as bad as a child molester, but this guy does not have a clean record. This I got a Chris feeling. Hansen. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little light on Chris Hansen because I I I saw a picture of him. He didn't look great. I think <laughs> I think Chris might be going. He didn't catch enough predators to just. He might be going through some fruit punch himself. That's all I'm going to say. So he might be doing the fruit punch challenge. So let's not kick a guy when he's down. I mean, obviously that would have been like when I saw Chris Hansen's mugshot, I went, please. I mean, no, but yes. Did they catch this predator? Because that's the kind of irony you want. Um. Yeah. So yes, I I did see I did see that news story among many other news stories this week, including some politics. Bing, 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 Bing. Oh, what happened since last? I forgot where the story was and when last we talked. When last we shut down was still on. The shutdown was still on. We predicted through January. We were wrong, but not oh, by much. Yeah, that's true. Although well, federal yeah. employees still haven't gotten a paycheck, which. So it's not like as soon as it uh, stopped, they're... it was click. You can put your fucking lights back on. Yeah, but um, uh, wh- where we were last time was Trump. I guess they were still in the throes of it. I feel like they're. Oh, oh, it, what it was is we had theorized the. If, you, if all you listeners listened to the last episode, we had theorized that Trump's organ, his administration, probably planted the BuzzFeed story. Yes. Right. To like distract from all this. That's where we're at. But now we're basically at Trump just totally eating crow. Um, right. Because that was the fucking... only way to do it. That's the only way to get uh, to save face here. Roger Stone. They arrested the one guy who will most likely definitely flip. You think so? He's not a guy of a... great character. Well... He's got a tattoo of the greatest weasel flipper president ever between his two very toned deltoid shoulder blades. He came out and gave the Nixon peace signs like he's he's so full of shit. Oh, he he's more he like if they get him for anything, I don't like he's not your friend. He wants to be famous. He wants to keep people talking about how crazy he is and how weird he is. Like, he'll fucking, he'd sell his mom's bones to stay relevant. I'm going to play devil's advocate on that, Casey, because who does he idolize the most? It's the weasel between those shoulder blades. And so if he idolizes him, who does he detest most? And that'd be like Halderman 
and the people that did flip on Nixon. So the last thing he'd want to do is flip, right? I think he loves the emo image of Nixon. Yeah. The way those shitty kids were rocking that mega hat. It's like that weird punk rock. Like, what's the thing that would make you cringe the most? I gotcha. But they're not brave enough to fucking, like, 666, like, like tattoo Satan's face over their face. Sure. Like, he's like, no, it's Nixon between my shoulder blades. No one's going to see that unless they're fucking behind him. Unless, you know, like, so I think he does it because it looks cool and sounds cool. He's a fucking fink. He is. And he's Mm. been, he started that firm, that lobbying firm with Paul Manafort. So I think now that they got his ass in chains, that they can look at every aspect of his financial records. That shit's got to be littered with, with, uh, um, I think to keep people off his ass, he doesn't give a fuck about Donald Trump. He was like, he's the guy who's like, I'm the guy who thought Donald Trump should have been president 10 years ago. Cool. That doesn't mean he's going to defend Donald Trump. And he said it probably just the same way he put Nixon on his back. Why do I like Trump? Because fuck you. It's never going to happen. Exactly. It just riles you. Yeah. An emo, like, what makes people uncomfortable? Me. How else can I make people uncomfortable? I'm going to say this. Oh, you want to keep looking? Cool. I'm going to show you how buff I am. Cool. You want to keep looking? Look at my buff back. And then I got a weird tattoo. He is? And now we're at a place. Want to hear who I want for president? Trump. Fuck you. So what's the smoking gun then? What is the potential that they can get from him? That he can literally be a direct link from Donald Trump to uh, uh, Russians affecting the uh, election? Is that the the danger here? Yeah, I think if he had any part in like all the bullshit that he talked about. Openly. Then, yeah. They're just like, we'll put you in jail for six months. And he'd be like, "Uh, I'll I'll make sure that dude gets impeached so I can get my afternoon clear. Really? You don't think he'd be willing to do any time? No, fuck no. I mean, he did pay a quarter of a million dollars to get out of jail. That was his bail was 250 million. That's nothing. $250,000. That's nothing for him. Legit nothing. No, but that's a lot of money. Not really. Not for not for people like him, I don't think. He made so much money with Blackstone, Manafort, whatever, with that lobbying firm. I don't know. I just I saw that documentary two years ago when he was on top of the world, which is so obviously ironic now. I think you could probably go back and watch it. Netflix made a documentary about yeah. Roger Stone and about how influential he was. This is like the biggest backfire. This challenge, this you just thunder blunder, because <laughs> I can't even get out. The solid. <laughs> Once you start out. talking, you're like, <laughs> 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 uh, with if and you it, eat a whole brisket tonight. What um, uh, what uh, how many ounces are in like you know those crazy big gulps you see people carrying around the big 
coffee mugs. Isn't those like 64 ounces? 72, 64, sure. Yeah, no, no. The I, big gulp, right. 7-Eleven, 72. 72, yeah. that's a 72. So it's just which basically is... two of those. Which is dangerous. because that's, that's still, like, you put it in a different vessel. Like, you're like, <laughs> I took it from... 30 of these and made it two of these. It's still a lot of fucking liquid. Yeah. You got a lot of Dr. Thurber's to burn through. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I know don't think as... to not, we don't need to dwell on the sure. little scumbag. But I don't think. Cool. Plenty of scumbags gonna, to get to. He's not going to go to jail. He's not going to go to jail for anybody but himself. And yeah. If he can get his ass out of jail, he won't go to fucking jail. But he let's care. He pretends to care about the president. See, he cares about the president. See, he doesn't give a fuck who the president is. Do you? But like, we're not. They're not gonna. They're. It's they like wouldn't shackle his ass up, the with like twenty three agents or whatever. If they, if he was looking at six months, it's like Manafort, isn't he? He could potentially be looking at like. The kind of time where you definitely cut a deal, right? Yeah. Like, I think they they would take anything. Like, we've watched enough of the true crime shit. Like, cops are like, they just want to get him to confess. Get his ass going out in shackles. Looks good for him. Looks good for you. Take $250,000 of his fucking scumbaggy money, which is a lot of money. Not a lot to him. He's out on bail. Oh, it is a lot. Like of that's money. real shit. Yeah. You don't just get arrested just unless we do actually live in like a fucking Stalin-esque Gestapo police state. I will like, they say, arrest though, you for a reason. Since the last episode, when you mentioned like some of Mueller's Mueller's credentials, it has been rattling around my head. Like I've been giving him a lot of credit without doing my own research on this guy. Like, no, like as though yeah. he's this, like this savior, right? Well, he's not going to save anybody mm-hmm. right. from anything. But he's been involved. Like he's a government fuck. He's he's got a lot of secrets of his own. Let's. I'm not going to get on the, uh, you know. There's there's things going about. Obviously, I don't think this is a quote unquote witch hunt. But Mueller's not definitely not um, uh, porcelain. You know what I mean? Oh, he's not. A, he's not a white hat. In the, mm-hmm. the terms of your, your classic Western, like he's not a he is the guy, is a, right? He's a Hoover-esque FBI dude. Like he's yeah. a dirty. Like, yeah. He's the guy at the table that said, we're going to get him. And I want you to put fucking 23 FBI agents guns blazing when you do. Yeah. Like he's the guy that makes that decision, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he understands that when he, he, he shows up and he threads his fingers, he's like, well, here we are. I don't. Um, I'm just going to speak like he knows exactly the optics. He's fucking FBI through and through. Sure. Like he gets it like he knows what makes the FBI look good. He knows what makes the FBI look bad. So what other scumbags do we got? Henny? Oh, somebody, let's see, Bundy. Ooh, oh, yeah. I was going to yes. say, the, you, the well, I wanted to talk about the Bundy craze of 2019. They all got they all got Netflix documentaries, I was going to say. Roger Stone, uh-huh. uh, the Firefest guy. Oh, yeah. And now Bundy. No Bundy. Al or Ted? <laughs> oh, I, I wish, wish it was, it was an Al Bundy. 
Oh God! Could you, I wish like, we still had part? a sketch show so we could do the Al Bundy confession tapes. Al Bundy tapes. <laughs> that would be we so. We still funny. do it. We can record it. I guess that's audio, right? <laughs> the Bundy confession tapes talking about Peg and Bud Kelly, <laughs> his his crank neighbor Marcy. That is funny. But no, because we went crazes like it's the Ted Bundy craze of 2019. Oh, yeah. Have you guys watched the trailer for the, the Zac Efron movie? Excuse me? No. I didn't even know this was mm. a thing. There is, <clears throat> there's a That's Ted it. Bundy movie coming out, and I forget the name of it. It's like disgusting, inappropriate, something, something. But it's Zac Efron plays Ted Bundy, That's and he fucking, based on the trailer destroys this thing really he fucking they give him the ted bundy hair like he's perfect yeah like we all know like ted bundy like is handsome and charismatic but like zach efron taps into it in in the way you're it's like creepy ted bundy like you're like that that looks like ted bundy he moves like ted bundy i hope it's better than that sh- there was a um Low budget serial killer made for VHS craze. It was beautiful. Of the early 2000s. You had uh, Hawkman playing Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, I, maybe yeah. it was the Bundy neighbor playing Bundy, which might be a little too on the nose, but I don't think so. But so for all you listening, if you want to go back, you can basically find a dramatized. 120 minute move early aughts movie of any serial killer and they're all dog shit even the Dahmer one which is the upper echelon of them they're all we did we talked about it the Dahmer one was the best it was the first Mm -hmm. it's got Jeremy Renner I mean before he was a known actor but you can tell he's got the chops especially when he's blowing his own life back into that (laughs) Asian zombie And then the fat guy from Teen Wolf is John Wayne Gacy. Yes. Again, got a couple chilling, chilling moments. Like uh, if we're on the serial killer craze, did you know what John Wayne Gacy, how he got a couple of his victims? This is and let's remember that these people are victims and it just still it kind of like gives me cold arm sweats thinking about it because he'll come in and he'll be like, hey, you want to see a. You want to see a rope trick? He's like, and the kid's like, because eh. first he invites him over because he owned a construction company. He would invite the kids over for a beer because they weren't old enough to buy beer. So he's like, hey, come over, have a couple beers. Sure, why not? Free beer? This guy, I work for him. He's kind of weird, but all right. And he go, I do a little magic. You want to see a rope trick? And then he'd tie their arms together with rope, and then he would kill them. So, like, they would willingly put their arms out to get them tied up. I want to see. Now I'm just picturing Chris Hansen not going to jail for floating bad checks, but Chris Hansen getting lured into the old John Wayne Gacy rope trick. It was like, (laughs) handle John Wayne 69. Here's what we brought. And then he walked. Chris Hansen walks out and then John Wayne Gacy just takes his rope out of the bag and was like, Chris, you want to see a rope trick? We all know John Wayne Gacy's handle would be Chantilly Gase. <laughs> Chantilly Gase, yes. <laughs> uh, 
Callback last episode. <laughs> Good one. Holy Chantilly Gaze. So, uh, so okay, so <laughs> it is the Bundy face. craze of 19. It's a craze I've been waiting for for a while. Yeah. Because on Netflix, there's also... <laughs> I think people are throwing up in their mouths listening to this podcast. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just gassy. Uh, I just have these airy... Uh, not because of Tundies. Not um, because of Dundee's, <laughs> Bundy's crimes, but from your gas. Yeah. Talking about murders with a, like, <laughs> you know, he <laughs> killed those two women in uh, Shashig and Shamamanish Lake. They, all those places up, up in Washington, like, Portland like area. You're like You're just like, yes, tell me about their death. <laughs> they, they all have, like, it, it truly is up in the Portland, Washington area. They uh, Whatever n- Native American tribes that were up there, like, all the lakes are, like, Shamimish, Snohomish, Shamanish, Nananish. Samanish. 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 Yeah. And the Willamette Valley, it sounds great. It sounds beautiful. It, it is. is beautiful. So I watched, so also, for the nice. listener, there's a documentary on uh, Ted Bundy called the, B- the Bundy Confession Tapes or something. And it's like over the a Bundy thousand. The Bundy Breaks? <laughs> yeah. It's over a thousand hours of of him talking, but then they lay over images and and old news footage and stuff, and they show Shamamish Park. What lake? What? What is it? Sammamish. Sammamish, yeah. Sammamish, and it is like, gorge. It's gorgeous. So like the juxtaposition of that is is pretty crazy. But, and it's the early '80s, like back in the day when people hanging at a park just seemed right, and everybody wasn't like too cool to go to a park for a party. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't on their phones, man. It just did see everybody like had like bright colored shorts and high socks and they were like just chilling. Like it just seemed like like when I picture a park now, it's gray and sad. Oh, yeah, it just it doesn't have the because there's too much other stuff to do. I'd rather be in a park, you know, in my online i in, in in a different world where i can build <laughs> the internet my own cool park. slide no but it, it's funny that you say that because there is it's like a 15 minute walk from our apartment it's this big huge park in columbus and it's one of those parks that's been part of the city since the like early 1800s and it like they have all of the historic things and it was like used to be where the meat packing plant was a beautiful park so we take Harvey. Oh, I heard that. <laughs> the crack of that Thurber. <laughs> we all heard. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I hope it's picking up. You can hear that? Hans's eyes are crossing as we speak. <laughs> I just wish you could see it as I pour it in this toilet bowl. Oh, I'm gonna. I'll post pictures for all you out there because the the it is a beautiful mug and it's well crafted. But the image on the box is guy guy eating scoops of chocolate ice cream out of it. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. Why not like sausage links? Like gross <laughs> breakfast sausage. Uh, but Anyways, no, it's this beautiful up, park, say, yeah. like this beautiful urban park. But it's the same thing, like you said, Hans. Like who fucking hangs out in a park? Like right. so, when it's nice, we we take Harvey down there, and we're like. It's just full of skags. Yes. And it may yes. just be, be people enjoying the park, but like most of them aren't. 
Like you'll always find a guy playing like a pan flute, and I like could, on a recorder. I could be jaded because I'm. I, I yes, if you go to a park during a normal day, you're gonna see skag shooting sketches and. You know, I if only. Knows? But I like an event at a park, right? The last one I'm thinking of was like we saw. Uh, they used to do a central. They'd still do a central park series where bands come and play or whatever. So yeah. Meg and I went and saw Beck. And I was like, this is awesome. It's in Central Park. But everybody was just like flipping their hair back, man. And these beers are like not crafty enough. I'm not spending this much for a bud. And then you look at Sammamish Lake in 1981. Even though women are missing, they're like, pass me your cores at Sammamish Lake. Everybody's having some fun in Washington. It's like so good. <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, so it could the be... late craze of the late '80s. Yes, early right. late craze. Yes, late craze. You you've hit it. People are water skiing on each other's backs. It could be Milwaukee's. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, the shoulders standing on the shoulders. Yeah. Maybe everybody. Maybe yeah. Northwest. Maybe people in the parks in Northwest are still, you know, having in, a good time. In the Northwest, okay, we're surrounded by beautiful mountains, so the lakes all have great scenery. Great greenery, and on yeah, top of that, dude. we're stuck in inside for nine months out of the year. Mm. So when summer does hit, yeah, we want to go out on the lake and stand on some strong man's shoulders. So let me and ask shoot you around that. on all over. So <laughs> let's hear your theory, man. Henning. Why so many serial killers then in the Upper Northwest? Were there a lot? There were. Green River, Bondi. Some other guys, the the the. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't outweigh Minneapolis and Wisconsin. Yeah. Wisconsin is the the, the top Midwest, Midwest. For sure. So is it the same? Is it the same kind of like Midwest stuck inside, Upper Northwest stuck inside kind of thing? Midwest just happens to be snow up uh, uh, the other area because of rain. Yeah, it could be it. Seasonal effective. I guess. I Did we say... just solve the serial killer? Do we crack that code? It's all seasonal? <laughs> serial killer? Quit, living, in, the 70s? quit living in the, in the rainforest, yeah. It was lead and cold. It's that easy, <laughs> idiot. What Duh. about Richard Ramirez? He was sitting on a beach in L.A., man, and he still brought his ratty breath well, into the his 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 creepy uncle showed him all those weird oh, videos. God, that's right. Do we... To fill you in, Henning, Richard Ramirez the, the is old the creepy night, uncle night stalker, craze. a very mm. prolific killer in California, LA, LA yeah. area, and the surrounding areas. And this guy was a, you've probably seen images of him. He was a pretty, like, visually you can, rec- pretty recognizable serial killer. But Casey's right, like, part of his upbringing is he had an uncle that came back from Vietnam who was a s- psychopath. Just broken. Who just Broken murdered all these people in Vietnam and like just like would show him all these pictures of people he killed in Vietnam, and mm-hmm. then like kind of groomed him to be the way he was. Had a toilet Eesh. bowl mug. <laughs> he brought home a thirst, toilet bowl a mug. Thirst for from pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know? Do you guys know what all the flavors in Dr Pepper are? Do you know what pepper the pepper is? Not is one it, of them. Is it beets? Is that the like? There's one that's like 
Is that the secret surprise one? Here are the 23 flavors for all you out there of of Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Cola, cherry, licorice, amaretto, almond, vanilla, blackberry, apricot, blackberries in there twice, caramel, pepper, anise, sarsaparilla, ginger, molasses, excuse me, lemon. (laughs) There we go. Plum, orange, nutmeg, cardamom, allspice, coriander, juniper, birch, and prickly ash. It just sounds like he just couldn't narrow it down. It's a trash soda. It really is a toilet. This is a suicide drink. Just everything you can think of. Let's be honest. This guy from Brooklyn was a maniac then. This was 1885. Like, basically, none of those things existed on their own. So this zealot was like, maybe there was a cola. I'm not sure when Coca-Cola came out. But he's like, fuck it. Let's let's not make 23 different sodas. That'd take too much time. Let's put it all together. Including black pepper. This guy's a freak. He's a wagon robber. He just robbed these wagons and then threw it all into one drink. Like, that's why you have a thousand flavors, because sometimes some batches you may not get your apricot. Uh, but you sure as hell got a lot of extra black pepper. <laughs> so if you have a thousand ingredients, you can just be like, yeah, I told you it's called fucking Dr. Pepper. Sorry. But, but I'll tell you what, if instead of calling a drink Dr. Pepper... I put it in a nice fluty bottle with like a, uh, you know, a nice Williamsburgy label, Henning it on it. Instead of calling it Dr. Pepper, I called it Dr. and then just named all those flavors. It's 550 Dr. bottle. <laughs> Dr. Prickly Ash, which we I think prickly- is bark. Right, Ashtray? I I'm surprised I have not seen a like essence of prickly ash. You know, <laughs> like you could see that in like a like a a, a, a fancy liquor store for the sure. you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's got to be a soda in Williamsburg that's like black pepper lime, dry. There is now. Should be. Should get on. Which it. is funny. We got gifted, uh, like. We had like a, a big get together and someone was like, I got you this. And I was like, oh, cool. You really thought about us. It was like lavender flavored soda. It's just like lavender flavored LaCroix. And I was like, oh, great. Thanks. Beachums. I can wash my feet in it. I will say this, Henning, you gave mm. us a care package and right. it was a blessing. It was amazing, obviously. Blessing and a curse because you sent me some hipster chocolate in there right which was chocolate uh freeze-dried raspberry fennel crunch with fennel sugar Mm -hmm. which was like the most amazing chocolate i've ever had and you accidentally left the price tag on it so i'll never have it again (laughs) it is fancy boy chocolate i was seriously eating i was like oh my god meg and i were like this is unlike we were just like fawning over it today is incredible and i was like huh? took the wrapper and i was like i'm not even gonna throw the wrapper away i want to like see this brand well, look like, at the ingredients it's called like moonshot <laughs> like moonshot i think or it's a local company and then i saw the old like i said i don't even have dr pepper money let alone jeez louise <laughs> this guy's 
live in the dream. And to Casey, I sent, what did I send you, Case? Some good old raspberry wine from Oregon. I wanted yeah. some from oh, Oregon yeah. in each of yours. It was amazing. Uh, no, we got Thank it. you We again. didn't get into it. Mitch came over last night, and I was like, I got to give Mitch some of this raspberry wine. Mitch is a it's wine drinker still, right? Yeah. He just had tequila. Oh, because there was a while where, like, Mitch is like, his stomach was really acting up like not like mitch has some stomach problems and it was rough and it got exacerbated because i accidentally gave him a muscle milk and i think it laid him low for like two weeks but no that was uh yeah fucking election night yeah uh when obama was elected we had that show at the knitting factory and mitch had like like a crohn's related sort of like IBS thing he didn't know at the time he didn't know what it was but he was just like I am not well I can't really keep things down but we had a show and he was a trooper yeah, yeah. we rehearsed for weeks and he was like I'm coming I'm coming so like Hans and I at the time were like uh, like at the t- Hans and I are drinking like fucking Red Bulls and muscle milks just to like get yeah, through the day. Yeah, muscle milk. Like, it's just protein. It'll You, you can keep a, it down because it's liquid. It's a liquid protein shake. And it was like, he papped up because he, I remember because we were sitting like outside the knitting factory, which was in the old uh, knitting factory downtown. Uh, So we were like in like cool alley. It had that feel like. It was awesome. You yeah. know, old school. Like we were in, you know, like punk band and we're hanging out getting ready for our show and we're like oh mitch you should you know you should have this muscle milk because your muscles are weak and you probably need milk and he drank it and he like pepped up and he was like yeah i feel good i feel great and like we were in like three sketches in and he was like i'm going to shit my pants <laughs> yeah he was really sick. this was the worst thing in the world you could have given me but for weeks after that he's like my stomach's hurt. I'm only drinking red wine. And I was like, <laughs> so I'd always see Mitchell with a glass of red wine. And it didn't matter where. Like, we would be at the crustiest of comedy clubs. And he'd have this glass of red wine. And, and as I look back, I look back on it fondly now because it's so, the juxtaposition or it's so, like, seems so out of place. I can just always picture Mitchell wherever we are with, uh, with this glass of red wine. You can always find it. But back to the, uh, just... the Oregon Originals, big raspberry country up there? All berries. All berries. Logan, Logan black, raz. Wild? <laughs> blue? Well, sure, you can grow Not wine blue. <laughs> Not blue. Not blue. Sure, sure. Marion you... berry, that's a little distinctive <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> Okay, Mary, that's not real, right? That's real. You have a Marion Berry? Did some hippie, ironic hippie, come up with the Marion Berry strand? You gotta <laughs> snort it though. <laughs> you know, can't the tell ma- the difference between that and a boysenberry or a blackberry. To be honest, though, do you get the Marion Berry reference, Henning? I do not. Marion so- County. So no, so Marion Barry was the name of the one of the most corrupt mayors of all time. Oh, DC. He was the mayor okay. of DC that got caught smoking uh, okay. crack with a prostitute in a motel room, and then reelected two terms later. Got... <laughs> hey, hey, I'm all about redemption. 
So that was pretty sketchy. It's America, baby. We love comebacks. So what about the Logan berry? I don't buy these berries. I'm questioning. <laughs> Let me recheck my Dr. Pepper flavors and see if there's a Logan berry in there. <laughs> there's about to be. But it's delish. Guys, not to bury the lead, but... Not to marry I, and bury the lead. Not to marry and bury the lead. Not to Northwest <laughs> Territory bury the lead. Northwest Baratory, as I call it. <laughs> I have something to behold, if you're ready. It's, it's not current affairs. I, I, it's, it's, it's not politics, although I can link some things back. So what I found and went through and multi-highlighted. Uh, so my brother Jesse has these letters from a Frywald. His name's Reinhard Frywald, an ancestor of mine, that emigrated from Germany to America in 1944 during the end of World War II. End of the war. I guess Project not. Project Paperclip, baby. This Frywald, Is he one of the keepers? This Frywald did not put a rocket on the moon. <laughs> but he does have opinions on how manure smells in South Dakota versus Berlin. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but it's actually so yes, there's humor in and I have, I have twelve pages of it. There's humor in it. It's also not to be, and we'll we'll go we'll find plenty. It's like I can't believe this is a Frywald. It's not to toot our own family lineage horn here, but some of these observations are breathtaking, and it's a bit <laughs> it's a bit Forrest Gumpian also, because I'm just like this Frywald is everywhere. Like he has like comments that are very let's let's just say they're not. As Doctor Toilet would say, they're 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 illuminating. So I'm gonna, if you guys want, I'm gonna read you guys some segments. I went through, and I highlighted what's just narrative, so we can kind of keep, you know, uh, a track mm -hmm. of the the story. It, it jumps from 1944, when he's getting through Germany and through Europe, to 1950 when he actually immigrates. Um, so I have narrative, potential spicy factors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That could involve some uh, not-so-great uh, associations for the German Freiwalds to Germany in the 1940s. Um, mm -hmm. Funny segments uh, that I found funny. And then Old H. Freiwald was not the first Freiwald in New York. So I got some New York Ooh. observations, which you guys will love as, as fellow New Yorkers. Um, so let me start. This is uh, this is how he begins. This is Reinhard Reinhard Freiwald. Yesterday, I spoke with Heidi and Helmut by telephone with regard to depart the departure. Both knew that he departed from Bremerhaven. So what he's telling right now is about his brothers that have already left Germany. Um, the reason to immigrate on one side was the uncertain situation of Germany at that time. This is 1944. Who knew the further development of Germany at that time? The, nutri the nutrition was bad. Our relatives in South Dakota supported us in a wonderful way by sending parcels with food, clothes and food. And I don't know whether... And then this is him saying he's not sure if his brothers are interested in emigrating. Now, 
Next highlight is potential spice and association. During the last years of our war, our mother was headmistress of our little village school and didn't have time enough for three uneducated boys. We had a nice housemate, housemate, but our own life was very free. Helmut was the great youth commander and a good example for us. When Rainey and I struggled against each other, he punished us. And when the two small ones tried to rebel against him, he took us on. He took one under his right arm and the other under his left and threw us onto our beds. He had much power. When our father came home for vacations, if Rainey and I did something wrong, we got three. We three got a sound thrashing, and Helmy only because he watched. So there's there's some. This is him looking back. Um, let's see. This is funny. This is a story of how he was treated in school in Germany. Um, Let's see. uh, Two years ago, I attended another school in which they named me Mozart because I could play piano pieces in ceremonies. But now, Reinhardt discovered my village name as Glatzer, in quotes, which I hated as a little boy. I begged my father to cut my hair bald, so I received this nickname, which I tried to change to Balder. The worst (laughs) thing was that Reinhardt and his gang began to smoke. When I told it at home, he was punished by Helmut, but but then bore her. The most powerful of the class gang took me on the side, saying, If you once more tell at home, I will knock you down. So let me see. So he had long hair? He wanted to shave that shit? He wanted he wanted a different nickname. He wanted to be called Baldy, basically. Baldy. <laughs> Just anything besides Glatzer, the village name. Yes. So here, let's get into the actual correspondence. This is April. Uh, wait, 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 wait. This is. Da, 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 da. Oh, here we go. This is, this is about Reinhardt in 1944. During 1944, Reinhardt was absent several times to work in a camp to bury anti-tank obstacles, which later did not stop the Russian tanks. With respect to the end of our school year, Manfred Stormer related that we uh, were taken by carriage because the buses did not drive anymore half our way. Reinhardt, Klaus, and Detlef, the son of our pastor, took their certificates and burned them. At the end of 1944, we saw thousands of fugitives, families with horse and wagon, who had left the Baltic lands fleeing from the Russian front, which came nearer and nearer. We guessed that we too would be obligated to leave, but the Nazi propaganda said that at the border of Ostprusen, the Russians would be withheld. Nevertheless, our village prepared to trek. So they were running, tailing it from the from the Ruskies. Just burying fucking... Like hammered, like just anything. But so you look at that one side, right? You have the the Ruskies, but who's hightailing it from the Russians? Uh, Anyone who doesn't want to be a fucking Russian. The Nazis, right? Yeah. Well, technically, I mean, all Germans at the time, you arguably were Nazis. That's what I'm saying. Um, ba, 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 ba. When did they have that disastrous winter invasion? Oh, that was a little earlier, like when they ended up with the two-year, um, uh, oh yeah, the that two-year was, siege um, at Leningrad. 
Yeah, it was fucking Barbosa. Yeah. That's what yeah, it was called. Yeah, yeah. It was 1943. They yeah, and so this is still this is like finally when that's coming through. Um, so yada back. yada yada, they start making their way away from the Russians. The Russians. Uh, uh, so whether the, he he talks about how he has a lot of distrust for Nazis. So either the Frywalds like like legitimately were like not part of that movement in Germany, which to me is hard to believe as much as I want to say it, or um, he's just distancing himself in this history. But he does talk about how they run into some like Nazis here that are still trying to run the train station. And they're so like done that all the people just start throwing rocks at anybody in a brown uniform. So, well, if you, well, if you think about it, like we, you like like we were just saying like that was that was me that said it. it was like oh they're retreating from the russians because they're nazis but like that was a political party right like, just because you're german doesn't necessarily mean you're like if someone invaded america and because they hate the democrats like they would just treat all americans like democrats like, sure. it's just a political party, and, like, then they lost this conflict that they pulled the whole country into. So, but if you live in your small town, you're like, well, I don't fucking, like, I wasn't goose-stepping down the thoroughfare. But this what? guy was. Sure. Right. <laughs> He's the local, like, Nazi, you know, chamber of commerce guy. Makes me wonder how history will judge... Americans just for being here during Trump, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 kind no, of it's... that's that's how I was feeling about it. Not only that, so you have that them escaping this, uh, seemingly not knowing what was going on in his own country under this party. He and there's mention of it later. Now that we're actually getting in the correspondence in the fifties when he's going from um, France to Southampton, Hampton, he's making the trek across to New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, heading to America. Um, but then obviously associating like these same sentiments from this guy. This wasn't long ago. This is 1950. My yeah. ancestor, European, Western European, but like the mm-hmm. same language and concerns that you can tra- get from anybody that's coming up from the southern border, like trying to escape crazy shit, right? They're escaping yeah. Germany because they c- literally don't have food. Um, yeah. So he's France. So this is fun. He, he, this is April 7, 1950. He's on the ship going to New York. Uh, last night we saw a movie on board. Last night was the first time I tried American beer. Two Americans invited me for that. The price was 10 cents a beer. When you stop drinking, the steward brings you free sandwiches. Then you get more appetite to drink again. Now we're sounding like Frywall. Yeah. Now it's there we go. <laughs> yes. Sounds like America to me. Let's see. Uh, he, he doesn't have the kindest thing to say about a steward. We won't go on that. Here's New York. Since my arrival in New York for one week, only half of the Empire Statement State building could be seen because it was in clouds and fog. We passed the Statue of Liberty and saw the skyscrapers from Brooklyn. You can see that the cars here drive much faster than in Europe. I believe that without the speed, the heavy traffic would not flow in the big cities and on the highways. Let's see. 
This is sad right here. This is like straight out of. This is like what you can picture in Ellis Island, even though that was earlier. So here in New York, there's more going on than in the other harbors we were at. So they're they're getting off. The people started leaving the boat, and many of them were met by relatives with flowers. Now these were people on the boat that were like traveling, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Americans or whatever. So their families are there to meet him. All over, you could see the workers busy unloading the luggage. The cranes worked almost without any noise. At the end, the immigrants, himself included, were the last to get off the ship, and only a few were picked up by relatives. It was a quiet and sad group. So it's like all these people just like, well, what do we do now? Right. Yeah, they got off the fucking boat, and they're like, we're in New York. This is some craziness right here. So... When you got, I didn't, I kind of didn't know this was a thing, but I get, it sounds more, honestly, it sounds more like Nazi Germany stuff. So he's talking about the customs officers here. Then came the customs officers. All the luggage was searched. They looked especially for cameras, jewelry, and anything of value. You could have one camera, but you had to know how to use it. Musical instruments could only be taken along if you could play them. I played Ver Kahn, Das Bezahlen, Ver Hat, Sovjil Geld. The boss smiled and said, all right, it's okay. So did you guys know that? Did you know they went through people's shit and were just like, could take whatever they wanted, basically? Or like, no, what were they, what was the point of testing them? Like, this is too valuable for you to have, so we're afraid you're going to sell it? Unless... That's... Well, that's how I think about it. Like, that's how I looked at it. Henning was that, oh, if he knows how to play it, he can keep it because you can make money. If you're just bringing it because it has value, then I'll fucking take it from you. Yeah. Like, it's like a weird sort of like, I'll allow you to have this because a, a guitar is a guitar. Right? Like, it's worth right. something like Oh, you know how to play it? Then it's definitely yours. Oh, but if you I just have saying. it, they're like, "Oh, I, I, I feel like I'm okay to take it from you." It doesn't justify taking it, but it's like, at least there's a sort of like, "Oh, you know how to play the saxophone? Yeah, you better hold on to that." Then I don't know how to play a fucking saxophone. I'll sell one. This is um, speaking of money. This is where it gets, this is where I was like, ah, oh, that's a, that's a fun and apt observation still. So here's, they're going to take a cab. We waited and we're brought to the railroad station. A very nervous taxi driver got seven people together to take to central station with a loud voice. He wanted $1 from each one. I gave it with a heavy heart because we were sitting on top of each other. It was very crowded. He must have had good business that day. Because every time he got a dollar, his face lit up. I think with the word money, people go to sleep and wake up with it again. Money is always in their thoughts. Ooh. <laughs> so it's just the first time he's like, these fucking scummers. That reminded me big time of uh, the jungle. Just getting immigrants, yeah. just getting yeah. taken. Like Dollar each. You got to sit on each other's laps, though. That was an observation about American cab drivers or American people versus what it was like back home. Right. We don't fall asleep and wake up thinking about money. 
He's right. American, though. No, but Which it's is... very interesting hearing about that, like, because you, you read that part earlier where he talked about, like, we we fought tooth and nail to keep the Russians from coming to our home. Right. Like, we didn't pick the fight with the Russians, but they came to our doorstep. So, like, he's also very, like, even-handedly talking about, like, fighting a war against the Russians, and then also, like, well, then then I came over here, this beautiful big giant city with all the, everything you could possibly have, and he's also like, it really sucks, too. Right. Like, it's not any better. That's Yeah, that's kind of like the disappointment, right? Because you have this yeah. ideal of what you're going to find. Um... Right, what were they thinking? That a job would just be waiting for them? Or an apartment in New York? Oh, Henning. Who knows? I suppose if you had family... What, were, what was on Immigrants' Mind is what I'm asking. Yeah, no, it's like... You, about America. You left a war zone and then came and you're like, oh... I have to keep fighting, but in a weird, different way that I never thought, like, I would have to do, like, it's, it's, right, it's interesting, like, the things that, like, here's, here's just an interesting, like, vignette, or, like, a landscape observation, still in New York, there are advertising signs with lights all over, the biggest advantage here is no old buildings, everything looks as if it is not old. You have to think again and again how that could be done in such a short time. Little little nod. I never saw a poorly dressed person, which is interesting. The porters and shoeshine men are mostly black people. You can see very overdressed black ladies, all dressed in colorful dresses. The train station is very clean. No paper or cigarette butts laying around. There are always black people around. Cleaning up with a big shovel and broom. Everything is very practical in this country. So it's the weird juxtaposition of like what he's noticing because then he and like those are very, uh, uh-huh. those are very interesting things to notice. Like coming from Germany, like oh, there's these different sects of people. So it's like oh, that that jumps out. Like he's saying oh, there's um, black people over here, but then he mm-hmm. puts it like it's what you're taking in as an immigrant. So that seems like a very big observation to me. But yeah. what he ends with is what I feel like he thinks is the bigger observation. Like, he's putting no more credence in seeing, like, uh, a more diverse group of people than he is in. If you want to put your luggage in a locker, you put t- 10 cents in the slot. The door opens and you put your things in it. No, like, but you're, like. Right. Yeah, but that's, like, so it is now. exactly that. Like, I would imagine this guy has never met a a person of color before. Right. It's not like incendiary. He's very, no, he's very European in the fact like he's like, I know what an Englishman is, I know what an Irishman is, I know what a Frenchman is. But they all kind of like so he goes and is like, Oh wow. Like people like it's it's it seems stupid to be like, people are different. But, but he met someone who looks so different than anything he can conceive and he's like, Wow, they look different, but then still at the end of the day he's like yeah, I just saw a a black lady. She was dressed in the nicest thing I've ever seen. But this fucking thing cost 10 cents to put your luggage in. You can fit two luggages in there. Which I is like so hopeful. That. It's like he's just like, this is insane. I've seen this. These, 
the rarity of the world. And then he's just like, but that fucking 10 cents. <laughs> That's how much an American beer costs. This is also, and, and tell me what you think here. I also think this observation is a bit of a, like a, like a, a, a little backhanded, like to American culture where he's like, everybody's really nicely dressed. And I noticed that, uh, black people are the ones cleaning up with shovels and brooms the shoe shine men are like i think he's also recognizing mm-hmm. like the segregation in the country as well yeah oh no but it's like it's one of those things is like i told you like mitch came over last night and we were talking about just got on the subject of like writing letters and the idea of like like people used to correspond like yes. now we have social media where you interact with people you hate but you tell them to fuck off and they, they should die and they suck or whatever. You leave a sh- shitty, snarky comment. But a while ago, you would correspond with people you didn't necessarily agree with. But because you knew there would be good correspondence because you knew you would save that conversation. Like the idea of like John Adams talking to Thomas Jefferson, like they fucking hated each other. Mm. They were like you know, political enemies. It was Hillary and Bernie. Like they fucked over and screwed each other at every possible instance and got like the media to go against the guy. But at the end of the day, they had this weird correspondence because they had this connection Mm -hmm. because they knew they were both intelligent and they're like what they had to talk about could, you know, like needed to be saved. But if you sit down and think about writing, like, it's a very thoughtful thing. You don't just toss off, like, oh, Henning, you smell gross. Fuck you. Like, Mm -hmm. why would you waste the time of writing that down, fold it, put it in an envelope, mail it to Henning? Henning gets it, and he just throws it in the fucking garbage. Like, even, like, negative correspondence. It's like the old Civil War letters. Yeah. There is, um... There is... People... On on social media, don't. Well, Jefferson and Adams probably thought their stuff was probably knew their stuff was going to be read right. for centuries. That's why they committed suicide Founding on the fathers same day. And yeah, <laughs> there's. I believe that but, to be true. I think they off themselves definitely on the same day, July fourth. They died yeah. the same within hours of each other. Not only that, another founding father, Madison. Died on July 4th as well. Not the same day, not the same year, but I don't, I think that's a bit too coincidental. It's the July 4th suicide craze of 1789. Of the early oh, 19th the early century. 19th century. I, um, I wish I could. No, but I think that. that the thoughtfulness of like sitting down and like putting, because I don't do that, like my own thoughts, like. Like the idea of a diary or sending a letter, no, like I, as I'm reading, gives this, me yeah, the chills. The same thing, yeah, yes. But like the freedom of him being able to just like observe the world around him and put it down on paper in a very thoughtful way, like he edited himself and to some degree, sure. Like he didn't think right. we would be reading it on a fucking podcast. Like it's also years translated later, from German, but, so obviously it doesn't sound you know it's there's some stuff lost in translation sure i want to give this and so right here i forgot i highlighted this some credit for these last observations 
he's now on a train to go into Chicago because he is making his way to South Dakota. And on a stop, he says, we saw where the black people live, how dirty mm-hmm. it was. It was a di- big disappointment. You cannot see that in Germany. So I guess you were right, Henning. Um, uh, I talked to many people. Uh, you just you just said they're coming from a different place, and in Germany, like that. Or was that you or Casey that just it was the, the difference in diversity? Um, I talked right. to many people, including back black people, business people, and bums. Bums got a bad rap yeah. there. I guess big bum. Uh, I big bum I found bum. out that everyone right, knew. Business people. I found out that everyone knew who Hitler was, but otherwise they were all very friendly. I think that's a bit like they're like, oh, I mean, you're German, sucks. huh? And Hitler was an asshole. Are you an asshole? He's like, ah, you're not one of them. Nah, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> they were asking about Germany and if there's something to eat now. Uh, <laughs> they read lots of the lots in the newspapers and asked if it, that was all truth. A young man asked if Hitler didn't allow people to go to church. It was not true, and I told him. I found out he was a Lutheran, like many others, and we got along well. He gave me a charm with Jesus on it. He said it will bring me luck. Different times. Then there's a picture of the, there's a picture of the charm. See, that's what you get in a little. Looks like that charm. But a drawing that, of it. A drawing, drawing? Of a drawing of a charm of a Jesus right. charm. What uh. Like, who's this guy? Like, back in the day, like, that's just a different time. Like, he just had charms charm of Jesus. Giver. Yes. Uh, or you kind of want to unpack it, and you're like, he either was like, these are my two ways of looking at it. It's like, this guy was lousy with charms. Like, he just had Jesus charms in every pocket. Or for whatever reason, he had that interaction with your your ancestor and was like, I'm going to rip this Jesus charm off of my thing and give it to this guy. Like there's so much more I want to be like, like, why did he give you that charm? Like, was it that special of a charm or was he just like, eh, I got charms. I don't know. I'm a charm guy. I'm the Chicago charm guy. Let's see. Uh, I got a couple just like, like you said, what's that? This is the fifties, right? Did you say 1950, literally 1950. Um, So the Americans aren't, in the thick of it, hating no, Hitler, no, but they're a little distant. Yeah, we already distance. forgot about it. Well, they already yeah, mopped yeah, the floor with him. Yeah, it's probably more like a, better luck next time, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Slap him on the ass. That's why he's getting charms. He's getting charms from everybody. <laughs> uh, just a nice observation about um, toilets. On each side of the train, there are toilets for men and women. They are separated in the fancier train. There is a room. There's, there is room in front of the toilet where you can sit down, relax, and smoke. So I was like, where are these toilets they're coming from where it's just so tight? You don't even have room to move your arms. You have to like <laughs> shimmy down from the top. Like, but that's the right. That's, that's. That's the little things that are a promise. As stupid as that seems to me, it's those little things that we as privileged Americans, Mm -hmm. privileged people, like this guy's coming from Germany and he 
will write with pen, ink, and paper he had to yeah. pay for because he's like, you can fucking move your arms when you yes. sit on the toilet here. There is a God. <laughs> What's funny is like if you gave him a microphone and what we have now, he would be podcasting about that toilet. Right. <laughs> you know, like because that's what we do. We're like, well, we had this weird thing and then it was different than it later. Like, that's what I like. I with. Oh, that's the best. Like old timey podcasts where they just talk about train toilets. Back when I was a kid, <laughs> do you ever use a wagon toilet? I guess, and he said in the fancier part of the train, they're separated. So I think like in like it was he said they were men and women's toilets. But does that mean they're just two toilets next to each other? Not separated in third class? Not separated in steerage? Yeah. <laughs> Where they're like too close to sit. It's like, oh, well, I can't sit because this guy's le- our yeah, legs no are touching. smoke. <laughs> there is, um, I don't want to, there, there, there's in, really interesting food observations here, but we're in South Dakota now. He's made it to South Dakota. Mm. And I would just like to read to you, he actually writes out a conversation right that he has with uh otto frywald who's already in spen in south dakota one of his relatives and it's just like this is like oh yeah henning this will give you a taste of old midwest farmer conversation all right (laughs) when i arrived here ernst introduced me to otto he's a worker on the farm it was this way otto was a soldier in japan for one and a half years he said he didn't like being a soldier otto's father was born here too his mother came here, this is exposition, came here at 15 years of age. Here we go. Otto asked me, how long did the journey take? I said, 14 days. Otto in broken, in, in broken German said, that was not long. I said, for me, it was long enough. Otto asked, did you feed the fish? I said, no. Otto said, it didn't cost a lot. I asked him, where do you live? He said, I think eight miles south. If you want to go along on Sunday, I'll take you along. My car chokes more than Ernst's car. Long pause. Otto asked me if I like to work the horses. Otto said not to go too close to the two black horses. They sometimes like to jump up. Otto learned his German on the street. Then he asked if they still thrash by hand in Germany. I asked him if he was married. He said, I think I am too slow. You should have brought one from Germany. Otto said he's like a male cat. He runs away. Uh... I said that now, oh, and then he says you have to read a certain book. Uh, then he tells a joke about hunt, hunting, which I will not put in here. It's boring. Oh. No interest. Ooh. Spicy. Oh. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Uh, so that's just picturing a David Letterman like monologue being that. Like it's so. I love that. Uh. He told God, me a saucy uh, joke yeah. about hunting. I will not recount it. Have a good evening. I, I will exactly. not record this joke for it. It is uninteresting. Redacted. Good night. Redacted. Uh, that's an old South Dakota humor. Not much. I don't want to... Yeah, little, little, little thoughts on the Lutheran Church in I don't like Dakota. a cat. I always run away. Yeah. That <laughs> no, that's I, the best. I'm too slow. You Are should you have married? brought one from Germany. Right. <laughs> so you read it and I read it like I heard it in that hacky like I was trying to picture the most 
banal delivery, but like a hacky, like you should have brought one from Germany. <laughs> um, all right. Now this is why Jess. So I, I, I do, I'm sorry. I am boring with you a lot of, a lot of stuff, but there's now we're getting, now that we're getting into like the meat of it. Some of these are just like, I love succinct. It's like Hemingway. Listen to this. May 11th, 1950. Ernst's birthday is today. On birthdays, no one celebrates. We have cake every day, but on the birthdays, they write with cream, happy birthday. It's <laughs> just what? like that. <laughs> Fucking South Dakota right there. <laughs> oh my god, it is. And if you think this that is... what we is, do every day. We have cake every day, but on birthdays, we write happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks, Ernst. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Go to the attic and shoot rats. Oh, let me read. <laughs> let me tell you about it. Yesterday, I was shooting rats, and out of the attic came a hamster. I never saw an animal like that. What? For that reason, I shot right away. Jesse makes a good point here. My brother makes a good point here. He's like, can you picture a guy actually discharging a gun, shooting rats in an (laughs) attic? attic. What is this, a Family Guy episode? (laughs) The sound of it. It has to be so loud. And I'm picturing... Like a pre, like a fucking old wooden house. Like it's a, you know, like it comes to a point. It's just loud. So it's just a guy shooting a gun in a closet, and if, basically. And if you're shooting at the floor, that's the rest of the house down there. Right, exactly. Yeah. Let's you're see, shooting at uh, your family members. And also the fact that. Maybe guns were bad back then. Well, I was like, what kind of zip gun? What, 1968, Henning? When the story's taking place? This was the 70s. What nightmare is he in? Because out of the attic comes a hamster, and it was almost as big as a rabbit. Well, that's what I meant. Like, where the fuck did the hamster come from? Have you ever seen a wild hamster? A rat, I understand. I've never seen a hamster in the wild. I thought you had to... Groundhog? Prairie dog? That's what I'm thinking, like a specialty item, like hamsters. I was like, you buy them at a pet store because I thought they came from like Southeast Asia. You're right, right. Like they're not like you can't just find a wild hamster in Michigan. Apparently you can. There is a he, Maybe that, he was mistaken. That same day, people come over for the birth, a different birthday. Um, so I guess. How did they know? Oh, that's right. But a, the cake. A, a guy named Carl Will comes over. So he says, Carl Will made a funny impression on me. He speaks very bad German. He is very heavy. And for that reason, he can't work anymore. So he's so fat, he can't even work. <laughs> so I thought that was good. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I love how brusque it is. He is very heavy. He cannot here work. Here is a true blue. You couldn't put this in a script, but you can put it in the Frywald's lore. August Ramos had a car. On his birthday, he drank too much beer. He wanted to work off his stupor, so he started cleaning up his yard. Then he made a fire to burn the rubbish he raked together. The fire was too close to his car, so the car burned with the rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then it goes on to talk about his son, who pretended to be stupid so he didn't get drafted to go to Korea. Let's see. He was very foxy, and when he stood in front of the doctors, one doctor said to the other, at home they must not be too smart. The son acted dumb, the doctors laughed very hard, and they let him go again. 
So smart uh, like Did a he fox. just tell him the the rubbish car story? Because I think that would give him a pass right away. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Let's see. Ernest planted corn, and Otto and I have a wagon of cow manure to take to the fields. The manure smells the same as in Germany. That was the observation. This is a very Dwight Schrudian observation. Bullshit's the same all over the world. There you go. This this is crazy, you guys. Yesterday we were in Fargo. This is June 6th, 1950. Yesterday we were in Fargo. Fargo's in North Dakota, guys. Yesterday we were in Fargo. I told you about that in a letter. On the road, Carl showed me a historical marker. On that marker, it was written that in 1672 came the first three white people to this part of the country, and the Indians killed them there. This land was prairie for about 50 years. The historical marker is close to the Red River where there was a big flood. I hope that marker's still there because at least it's like a fuck yeah marker to the Native Americans because it's like for for the white people, it's like, yeah, we're the first three people there. Yeah. And they immediately get killed. Do you guys know what cow shit smells like in Norway? Oh, okay. You're going to kill me. Whatever. Smells the same. Spoiler alert. Uh, it's just like, wow. That's a weird, that's a weird historical marker. Um, you're right. Now, yeah, here you go. Now it starts to get, here are the, obs- here are the ones where I was like, uh, like this observations on, on America that like, I think we're losing, like you were talking about in like this disposable online narration or uh, online observations. She's talking about Americans. Uh, when they have a celebration, you notice the Americans have big traditions and are all very religious. They do not talk about others. I have to say that with all the freedom they have, they are very disciplined. The Americans in the middle towns do not dance the boogie woogie. In the whole, they are simple but always friendly, helping each other. You can talk to everyone as if it is an, as if an old friend. They are very helpful. October fifteenth, nineteen fifty. This is where he closes. I am he. I am here now for half a year in this other world. Today, I cannot say if I can make a living in this land. It is something you cannot decide in such a short time. It seems that you can't plan anything in this back land. It seems that there are too many people already in this world. Money and power go too far. People killing each other. That can go too far. I'll quit for today. I saw America with my young eyes and formed my own opinion. I probably will change my thoughts in the coming years about the life in America. I will I will live by saying, think all you speak, but don't speak all you think. Shit. <laughs> right? Uh, I will live by the saying, think all you speak, but don't speak all you think. And then he moved to Canada. That it is like that is basically that's where I thought it was nice to end, but he does say, I'm sending these memories to you. It is not the whole picture about America, but my first impressions. Please keep what I send you. Maybe I will once have it mm-hmm. back again. So this and guy's more egotist. At the end of the day, he's like, keep those for posterity keep those for the podcast in 2019 i like how it was uh let's see i, I came to america with my young eyes and now <laughs> yeah. six months later boy it's money time. and power really 
<laughs> really go too far in this country. I don't know if I can make it. <laughs> I know it hasn't been that long. Yeah. <laughs> Guinea pigs. Oh, yeah. Funny. I've been sitting in this fucking attic shooting a gun at my aunt and uncle. <laughs> that is a good point. I, I totally glossed over the short period of we at we are we fry walls are uh, we give up easy. This is fucking bullshit. I mean, I liked when those toilets had room, but come on, guys, I feel so sick right now. All right, and yet yeah. I have only drank six and a half cans of Doctor Thunder. So that means in my cooler here, I have eight cans to go. Oh, Jesus. I thought this challenge would be so easy, but the, the way I, f- I feel like a chemical come to life. I feel like a prickly ash. <laughs> the living embodiment. Think all you say. Don't say all you think. Good motto for a podcast. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly. Don't <laughs> spread that, because then it's a terrible motto for a podcast. You can't think before you speak, before you pod. Bye-bye. Somebody, quick, say something racist. <laughs> jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. For years, people have asked themselves, "What kind of man?" could do the things that he's done. He's been studied, he's been analyzed. But yet, do we really know Bundy? Now, over a thousand hours of tape recordings have been uncovered. Join me, won't you, as we discover the real Bundy, a new Bundy, the Bundy tape, confessions of a Bundy. All right, test, test. This is tape one. I am here with prison guard Remos and Tester. March 16th, 1983. We are just waiting on our subject. And here he is. Sorry I'm late, but I was in such a rush, I sideswiped a car parked out in front of Stephen Marcy's house. But if they can afford to buy a Mercedes, they can afford to pay for it. Didn't you leave a note? Sure I did. I said next time buy American. Now, Mr. Bundy, there are a lot of people out there that would consider you a celebrity of sorts. That's right, envy me. That's my wife, those are my kids, and I sell women's shoes. Are you afraid? your sentence what am i worried about i was dead before i got here now the subject that i think on everyone's mind has to be what is it what is it well i i think you know what it is and mr bundy it's pretty bad are you gonna get worse well it's not about me are you a big fat woman excuse me all i wanted was a 45 a stinking 45 the record of the gun I'll even settle for the damn malt liquor. Yes, well... Just this once, can you show that you can love even Al Bundy? Sure, I love you. 
It's it! This way, son! It is? I think you're confused. What's really on your mind? All right. Okay. But, uh, you gotta promise me that you'll let me finish. No problem. I shot your dog. <laughs> okay, that's enough. What about the bodies? Alive? Yes. No. <laughs> Look, where is your first victim buried? Well, he's out in my yard. You, you can't miss him. I didn't. <laughs> what made you the way you are? Never wanted to get married, I'm married. Never wanted to have kids, I get two of them. How the hell did this happen? Well, I think... I think that's all. Thank you for taking the time, Mr. Bundy. Except for the day before the day I met you, this is the happiest day of my life. <laughs> You're a mean, sad man, Al Bundy. Now, if you want to have sex, they'll have to leave. Who? The guards? And if you want it to be good, you'll have to leave. For the last time, why is there a studio audience? Bundy!